God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Hey everybody, it's day 45 of our 90 day challenge. I'm so excited that you have been joining us. Today's topic is restoration promised. We are now in the book of Obadiah. Obadiah, the first chapter, the first through the 15th verse says this, the vision of Obadiah. This is what the Lord, the sovereign Lord says about Edom. We have heard a message from the Lord. An envoy was sent to the nations to say, rise, let us go against her for battle. See, I will make you small among the nations. You will be utterly despised. The pride of your heart has deceived you. You who live in the clefts of the rocks and make your home on the heights. You who say to yourself, who can bring me down to the ground? Though you soar like the eagle and make your nest among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. If thieves came to you, if robbers in the night, oh, what a disaster awaits you. Would they not steal only as much as they wanted? If grape pickers came to you, would they not leave a few grapes? But how Esau will be ransacked, his hidden treasures pillaged, all your allies will force you to the border. Your friends will deceive and overpower you. Those who eat your bread will set a trap for you, but you will not detect it. In that day, declares the Lord, will I not destroy the wise men of Edom, those of understanding in the mountains of Esau? Your warriors, Timon, will be terrified, and everyone in Esau's mountains will be cut down in the slaughter. Because of the violence against your brother Jacob, you will be covered with shame. You will be destroyed forever. On the day you stood aloof while strangers carried off his wealth and foreigners attended and entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem, you were like one of them. You should not gloat over your brother in the day of his misfortune, nor rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their destruction, nor boast so much in the day of their trouble. You should not march through the gates of my people in the day of their disaster, nor gloat over them in their calamity in the day of their disaster nor seize their wealth in the day of their disaster. You should not wait at the crossroads to cut down their fugitives, nor hand over their survivors in the day of their trouble. The day of the Lord is near for all nations. As you have done, it will be done to you. Your deeds will return upon your own head. And that ends our reading for today. Again, our topic is restoration promised. In my opinion, Mike Tyson is the most famous boxer that ever lived. Earning over $300 million during his boxing career, Tyson had a wonderful athletic profession, but a rough personal life. In July of 1997, Tyson and Evander Holyfield fought in a boxing rematch that would earn the winner $100 million. 
In the heat of immense pressure to win, Tyson did the unthinkable. He bit off Holyfield's ear. Yes, Tyson rolled his head above Holyfield's shoulder and bit Holyfield on his right ear, tearing off a one-inch piece of cartilage from the top of the ear and spitting out the piece of ear on the ring floor. But if that wasn't enough, Tyson took a break, returned to the ring, and bit off Holyfield's right ear as well. When the announcer Jimmy Lennon Jr. read the decision at the end of the match, it said, Referee Mills Lane has disqualified Mike Tyson for biting Evander Holyfield on both of his ears. These are professionals, y'all, but perhaps Mike Tyson was hungry. Who knows? For Tyson, this clearly was not about winning a match. In his mind, this was war. But no war is fair when you are biting off ears and tearing your opponent down. If you ask me, there are a great many churches and Christian leaders who can learn from Mike Tyson. Have you ever heard a sermon that felt like your ear was being bit off? I mean, really. Instead of building you up, their words tore you down. Instead of helping your witness, they hurt your conscience. Now, after hearing that sermon, you think God hates you all because you missed a few Sundays. And instead of jumping back on the bandwagon, you end up leaving church altogether. Don't get me wrong. I am all for balance in the pulpit. But when sermons feel like a boxing match, something's wrong. When the preacher never has an encouraging word to say, something's wrong. We, we, we often forget that we are not the judge or the jury. We are the witnesses called to testify of God's transformative power. When you speak to your friends, even if you disagree with their life decisions, take off the boxing gloves. When you talk to your children, if, even if you catch them doing wrong, remember where they picked up those tendencies. Very often, what we sow in our past, we reap in our children. And beating people up never makes them repent quicker. Usually it makes them run away from the church and never come back. When I read the book of Obadiah, I am convinced that Mike Tyson might be related to the Edomites referenced in the beginning verses. Here is a short lesson about the book. Obadiah is the shortest book of the Bible. As such, what we learn in the opening of his book is that God has given Obadiah a vision about the Edomites. Everybody say Edomites. Good, good. This tribe of people were the descendants of Esau in the book of Genesis. And if you recall, Isaac and Rebekah gave birth to twins, Jacob and Esau. From the time they were born, Jacob and Esau seemed to be wrestling against each other. Esau, as you may remember, sold his birthright to his brother Jacob. Then Rebekah conspired with her son Jacob to steal Esau's blessing. So let this drama be a lesson to you. Every family has a little dysfunction. Every family has some bad blood. But more than that, Obadiah is sent to warn the Edomites who thought they were untouchable about God's vow to make them insignificant. Their hearts, as we learn, had become arrogant. Their pride was a major issue. And while they thought they were untouchable, this book teaches us that God knows how to knock all of us off of our proverbial horse. Not only does God want us to get rid of pride, God also wants us to get rid of bad blood in our families. From the moment Jacob and Esau learned how to speak, deep disagreement lingered in their families. And sometimes we are unknowingly acting out of generational pain, generational unforgiveness and generational unhealthiness. But today 
I believe God wants each of us to investigate a little more the nature of our family bonds. Is there a consistent issue that keeps showing up in every generation? Are you predisposed to certain behavioral patterns that you picked up from your father or your father's father? Worship, I now know, helps to remove the bad blood that may exist in our biological families and connects us to the blood of Jesus, who covers all of our sin. But the children of Esau didn't know that. And the prophet Obadiah came to tell them in verse 15, as you have done it, it will be done to you. In other words, you will reap what you sow. So, so good things. So love where there is hate. So peace where there is confusion. So kindness where there is contention. There is no reason that we as the body of Christ should be biting off one another's ears. Instead, we should be the light in the darkness reminding others that there is a better way. So what is your worship work? It is to pray a short prayer. In light of the fact that Obadiah is the shortest book of the Bible, I want you to pray a one sentence prayer, but I want you to say it multiple times today and consider what and where you are sowing. Obadiah reminds us that as you have done, it will be done to you. So today do unto others what you would like them to do to you. Let's pray. Restoration for this nation for this world, for your people, we call on you to restore us again. Help us, O oh Lord, to experience a new level of restoration. Renew our vows in your presence and help us, O oh God, to remember that you keep your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. On the outside, you think I'm all right. There's a smile on my face. Everything's okay But on the inside There's a different story I've stumbled down this road And I've got so far to go I'm a broken man On my knees again Longing for a touch from you I need your hand to restore me I need your mercy Take me to the place I used to be Use all the pain and the hurt To do a greater work Restore me I wore my mask Running away from my past Hiding all my scars Thinking I'd gone too far But he knew my pain And he loved me just the same he promised I'd be free If I fell on my knees and cried Restore me I need your mercy Oh, take me To the place I used to 
the joy of my salvation. So I'll sing again the song you wrote for me. Yeah. Give me a clean heart. I want a brand new start. Like the moment when. Stop me.